Hello, this is Tiger in post-production. If you want to know why we're giggling like idiots in the intro, it's because when I started recording, a little message said, starting recording, and that had never happened before. Alright, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Geeks and Games. I'm Tiger, as always, and I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. There you go. Hey guys. I have no idea why that happened, (laughs) but it was perfect. Uh, You'll understand, if you don't already. So, yeah, hello, it's me. Anyway, we're back to our weekly podcast scheduling. I know that it was a week, and then I uploaded an episode, and then I waited another week. But in reality, we waited two weeks between recording episodes, and I strategically waited to release one until week after another so you guys wouldn't be too um, deprived. Anyway, so for news, there really isn't much. The main thing I found is that a new Super Mario Bros. for the Nintendo DS is celebrating its 15th anniversary on the 15th, which was just a couple of days ago as of the time of recording this. I've played through it. It's kind of fun, but not as good as some of the other Mario games. I definitely say that the handheld new Super Mario Bros. games are more fun than the console ones. So if you have a one of the DS or 3DS models, highly recommend checking them out. But today's topic is going to be something fun, something different, something you might not care to listen to. Depends on your interest since I know it's a video game podcast and all of you listening are probably video game savvy somewhat. But this is something a little bit more specific that some of you might not be as into as we are. So we are going to be talking about. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, let's do the years in gaming first. Okay, I, that sorry, that was my mistake. Anyway, yeah, no, 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 no. Let okay, so you'll see why at, right after we do this year's in gaming. Take it away. So uh, this year in gaming starts off with uh, in, uh, 1997. Started with Final Fantasy VII released on January 31st. Good soundtrack. Uh, February 28th, Super Bomberman Five was released. February at some point, uh, Street Fighter Three came out, but not in the U.S. until March. April 27th, Star Fox 64 came out. Uh, not in the US, though, until June 30th. Sometime in April, Rumble Pack was released, but not in the US until July. Uh, June 4th, Kirby Star Tracker at Stacker the, for the Game Boy uh, was released, but not in the US until July 14th. June 20th, Sonic Jam came out uh, on the Saturn, but not in the US until August 22nd. August 25th, GoldenEye 7 was released, and I know Tiger likes to play that game. Uh, September 26th, Bomberman 64 was released, uh, but not in the U.S. until November 30th. September 26th, Lego Island was released. Uh, first Lego video game. More on that later. October 10th, Fallout was released. October 20th, New Style uh, Super Nintendo was released. October 21st, the first uh, Grand Theft Auto game came out. Uh, 21st, sorry. Uh, October 31st, Crash Bandicoot was released. November 1st, Curse of Monkey Island. 
uh, November 18th, Sonic R, or Sonic Racing, I think. Uh, November 21st, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, November 27th, Kirby Dreamland 3 for the Super Nintendo. And then December 21st was Yoshi's Story, but not in the US until March 10th of the next year. So there were a couple of things on here I added onto my version later, which... So I sent Yoshimitsu my original list of years in gaming, but then there were a couple I added to my version later. So I'll have a couple of things he doesn't. First off, on March 20th, Castlevania Symphony of the Night released on the PlayStation. And on July, Nintendo released a specially made joystick for PCs, home computers. It's called the NJS 3D1, and it is the only Nintendo controller not made for a Nintendo system. It's a very odd piece of history for nintendo i I know you said pcs but my brain heard feces (laughs) i doubt nintendo would want you to control feces that would be fun new mario kart character introduced poop emoji in a poop cart Uh, okay let's let's do it nintendo (laughs) um so the Rumble Pack is a device released for the Nintendo 64 that gave the controller rumble features. Um, actually, the version of Mario 64 that came on Mario 3D All-Stars was this version released in Japan only for a while called the Shindo version. They added um, Rumble Pack support, and they took out the best glitch in the game, the BLJ, which we talked about quite a bit on the last episode. But anyway, yeah, this episode is going to be talking about a history of Lego video games and not just Lego video games. You'll see what I mean in a minute. Actually, I did kind of screw up a little bit because Lego Island was not the very first Lego game. That honor goes, in fact, to Lego Fun to Build, which was a little kids game released on this little known device called the Sega Pico in 1995. I'm actually putting it on my Lego iceberg that I still haven't put on scratch yet, but might come soon. And speaking of scratch, because I love covering all these little odd details about Nintendo's history, I might make a like history of Nintendo project at some point that would be fun. But then in 1997, on Windows, we got Lego Island. Lego did make sets based off of this eventually. They did release sets based off of that. And I think one of the first Lego video game promotional figures, and I'll talk about the one that was released for each game as we go along, but they did make a Lego Infomaniac figure. They actually released two of them, one of which was a promotional figure, and one was released in a set. I don't know much about Lego Island me neither but i guess it kind of just like they took everything all of their themes from the time and just smashed them all together in a video game Nah, that was more of a lego battles which was released on the ds than following decade which we'll get into more in some later entries but i get like in the game you you're this pizza delivery guy named pepperoni and you have to defeat this evil prisoner named the brickster or something the next game after that is lego loco which is a video um it's like a lego train simulator game which was released on windows as well and then next also in 1998 we have a lego lego chess and then lego creator um i heard this in a minus world episode of the 
Nintendo YouTuber group, how one of their members said that they'd grown up playing creator and it was like Minecraft before Minecraft had actually came out. So I guess that was that way for a lot of kids at the time. And then there was Lego Racers, which released in 1999 for Windows, but there was also a port of it for the Game Boy Color released in 2000. And then we're getting interesting with the first licensed game, which is Lego Harry Potter, which released on Windows in 2001. Then there was Bionicle released in 2001. Then a sequel to Lego Island called Lego Island 2 The Brixers Revenge, also released on Windows in 2001. Lego Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, a sequel to the first game, which released in for Windows in 2002. Then there was Lego Galador, which is a very little known Lego theme that sold poorly. And Lego the, hit it. Yeah. it. It doesn't look like Lego, so yeah. good job to them for that. They hit it for a while, but in the Lego Ninjago City set, which was based off the Lego Ninjago movie film, there's this character who wears a Galador shirt. So it's like, um, like eh, it's been long enough. We can poke fun at it. Yeah, it, it, it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen, definitely. I've seen the parts from the sets in uh, stores before. No, it's like you can't even consider it Lego. It's pretty bad. Like they I think Lego actually made a couple of doll themed sets like there was scala in belleville and then i think they made more of like an accessory themes uh for girls called clickets one of the characters looks kind of like wild style from the lego movie um mm. but another thing about what that should go on your iceberg it's the same person ah maybe it should but with uh galador there was a windows port but it was also released on the game boy advance um, the company that made it was planning a PC version, but things were scrapped. I think the, the PC version was actually going to be pretty different compared to the other versions. And then there was a Lego Island spinoff called Lego Island Extreme Stunts. And it was also released on the PlayStation 2 and Game Boy Advance. And this is the game when they released sets. There were there was an extreme tower. Then there was like a skateboarding thing and there was also a beach cruisers set. But then there was also a beach lookout set which came with like a little wave racer and a shark. I'm pretty sure that's um all of them. Oh no wait, there's also like a seaplane with a, a paraglider. I think that's what it is. And mm -hmm. coming up onto when the Lego games really started to hit it big because um this company called TT Games, which is a spin-off, not spin-off, but subsidiary of this game company called Traveler's Tales. Before they made Lego games, they were primarily known for making a couple of licensed games, one of which was Toy Story 2 for the Nintendo 64, which is actually seen as one of the best licensed kids' games. I think Cars the Video Game should get that honor. But anyway, well, the first game they released was Lego Star Wars the Video Game in 2005. We talked about this quite a bit with Pavlos on episode 14, but 
in the original game, instead of Moss Eisley Cantina, they have the restaurant of Dexter Jetzer. And this was based on the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Some people say it's the worst trilogy, but I don't know. The sequel trilogy kind of had a, I feel like The Force Awakens was really good, but The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker definitely could have been better. I think oh, Last yeah. Jedi might be my least of the favorite of the sequel trilogy, but I mean, as for the films themselves, I think Revenge of the Sith is my least favorite because I think it was, I was like seven years old when I saw <laughs> tangent. it. And I, tangent. <clears throat> sorry, but I think it was one of the first PG-13 rated films I saw and I didn't expect so much death and sadness and literally the second the credits came around, I burst into tears. It's like, Padme dies, Anakin turns bad. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, by the way, even though the film's 16 years old at this point. <laughs> but I, I haven't played the Lego Star Wars games in a while, but in the Complete Saga is one of Lego's most famous games, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that in a second. And after that, in 2006, they released Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy. And in that game, there are some... There's this Millennium Falcon level, and there are some spaceships, like, abandoned in the in the moon. And that led some people to think that was, like, a, referring to the fact that the classic spacemen had all died. And that was, like, a graveyard of theirs or something. Like, that's a, that's a dark theory. I think I might have put that one on my iceberg, too. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm – almost feels like I'm ruining my project – in the future, but don't worry. There are many, 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 many entries on it. Some of which I didn't even get to get around to in the first part. So I'll have to release the second part after I'm done with the first part when it eventually comes out in five years. <laughs> um, and then they're in Lego Star Wars to the original trilogy. It introduced a character that has since become a fan favorite called Rebel Friend, which is like those rebel troopers with the black vests and those weird helmets vader murders their captain at the beginning of the episode four most of them are wearing blue shirts but lego added one with a red shirt called rebel friend because they wanted to make sure every level had two-player functionality which i guess kind of makes sense and that character has since become a meme and somebody even made a mod of star wars battlefront 2 in which he's a character but after that, they combined both of those games into Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, which released in 2007. And I haven't 100%ed it. I've started it up a couple times, but never finished. But I'm, it's kind of fun. I actually kind of like the pod racing level. There was a Game Boy Advance port of Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. And on that game, it's apparently impossible to get 100% progress. I don't know why. In case you're wondering why I've skipped mentioning the what systems they're on, they're essentially like on every system that was part of that generation. Well, at least the console ones anyway. If there are any like specific handheld versions or something, I'll give them a shout out. And then there's Lego Indiana Jones, the original adventure, which I decided to play that one after my family and I had watched all four of the Indiana Jones films. Side note, Temple of Doom I did not like because there was the scene where there's like a hallway with a lot of bugs. And that was the like scariest scene I have ever seen in a film ever. Well, maybe not scary, but it made me so, it made me feel weird. You know, like how the, like the, those bugs were almost right there and about to crawl on me. 
That's why I don't watch horror outside of Stranger Things. Um, but apparently in the game, you can unlock Han Solo. Oh, no, 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 wait. I'm getting it backwards. You can unlock Indiana Jones and Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. If you watch the trailer for Lego Indiana Jones, that comes on the game. Um, hmm. Then there was in Lego Anna Jones, the original adventure, you can unlock Santa Claus, which is the weirdest unlockable character to have in any video game. Well, I mean, a licensed video game like Santa never really made an appearance in the films, I don't think. So that would that was very random. Make more sense if they included like um, George Lucas or somebody who worked on the film. Maybe I think Santa Claus is kind of just a funny haha joke inclusion they added though for fun i like it i think steven spielberg would be a fun character and i think they actually released a minifigure that was supposed to represent him in the lego studios line of sets after that we have lego batman the video game released in 2008 and the cutscenes in that game are pretty funny um an interesting thing to note is I played the Wii version, but after I got an Xbox 360, I started playing all the Xbox 360 versions of this of these games. And I noticed that in the Wii game, Clayface looks relatively normal, but he's shiny in the Xbox 360 version for some reason, and I don't know why. I mean, I haven't played this game in a while because the last time I did, it corrupted my save data, which was very mean of the game. I don't like it. And then there was also a handheld port of this game released on the ds and a lot of the handheld versions of these games are pretty different compared to the original and include some extra characters that aren't in the regular game that i don't know i think it's really fun to have an inclusion of those after that we have a nintendo ds exclusive game called lego battles i suppose it's kind of like um the game everybody knows, but nobody's played Raid Shadow Legends. It's like um, they decided to sponsor every YouTuber one day. I don't know why that was weird. But apparently, normally the TT games, Lego games are like action adventure themed where you go through a level. And in each of these games, they have sort of like mini kits you can collect. And then like you don't 100% it until you've unlocked every character. There are these little cheats in game called red bricks that sort of multiply your the amount of studs, which are the in-game currency. And so Lego Battles is sort of like a combination of three Lego themes. There's it's like castle, space and pirates. And so it's sort of like three different stories. There's actually this book I'm reading for school called Refugee, where it sort of like alternates between three different people who are refugees and three different time periods. And it's like they're starting to connect the three stories together. And I've never played Lego Battle, so I wouldn't know, but I hope there's a, a fun way they connect them together. And then there's Lego Rock Band, which is interesting because normally for the most part in Lego games, they try to use real Lego minifigure pieces for the minifigures. But in Lego Rock Band, they kind of just like, nah, let's use a design that looks kind of like a minifigure. And then we'll just use that for all of them because they don't look 
that much like minifigures. I mean, I've never really played a regular rock band game either, but I have played a couple of, I've played a harmonics game. It's called Fantasia Music Evolve, which is based off of one of my favorite movies. Like, I mean, look at that. Does that look like a regular, a traditional Lego minifigure to you? It looks kind of creepy looking. The eyes kind of, yeah. Um, it's kind of like how in... Like it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not terrible, but a lot of them just look off. But, I mean, they have Queen songs, so I guess... I mean, that's, part, that's a part that I'm all for, since I'm a big fan of Queen. And right after that, we have an interesting one. Lego made an MMO which was called Lego Universe. They actually had this um, interesting software inside the game where it was like, if somebody made a build that resembled a, well, you know, something anatomically correct, let's leave it at that. There were specific detection software within game to remove all objects that looked like that. And unfortunately, Lego has never really tried making an MMO again, but hmm. I think the character designs are interesting, and I'm sad we never really got Lego minifigures of these specific characters. Yeah, please look up this game. They, it looks really interesting. They included, like, a special orange Spaceman character sort of bundled in with the game whenever you got it. It wasn't like a classic Lego Spaceman, but it was like a, a somewhat similar design. And then after that, we have probably my favorite Lego games ever are they're the Lego Harry Potter ones, years one through four and years five through seven. I don't know if any particular one of them is my favorite because I feel like Lego years of years five through seven is better made, but I've played one through four more, which actually begs the question. I'm actually Yoshimitsu, which Lego game is your favorite? I... Um, as much as I love Legos and video games, I have actually not played really any games except for the complete saga, a small bit of one of the newer games, uh, Enter the Prime Empire, uh, on my phone, just like because I was bored, and then a uh, like small two minute section of the Indiana Jones game. Um, and all I've ever done in the Star Wars game is run around in Mos Eisley and smash tables and people. But <laughs> it is fun. Because I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. I was seven at the time. I did manage to somehow glitch the game and get into an area that was supposed to require a Sith character to get through. And I was playing as a rebel trooper. So I don't know. But I, I haven't really played that many. I did uh, back when um, Lego Hero Factory was still kind of big. I ended up with two sets and I saw that there was a video game and that you needed the course to play because the course would give you little codes on the back and you would use that to unlock characters and stuff. Oh, I think I actually have one of those. Um... Yeah. Well, the thing is I held on to, I remembered that for a long time and I found uh, the bulk Lego store I go to bricks and minifigs. They, for a while, had a Hero Factory table, and I found out that they had those little core pieces there. 
and I didn't realize at the time that the game had been shut down a long time ago. I was hoping it would still be up and active. So I collected as many cores as I could find. I ended up with a box that's almost as big as my hand, full of them. And uh, it turns out, yeah, the game doesn't, it, it doesn't exist anymore. You can't play it. So I now have like 200 plus of those little white hero factory cores that I can't even use for anything. They aren't like a super useful building part. I've tried using them as joints. Does not work. Actually, I feel like that would be very fun if you were like making a build them a random thing or something and you wanted to include some fun little pieces. Because some of my favorite Lego builds I've seen is when they use like random Lego minifigure pieces from like either a long time ago or more recently in fun and creative ways like with the... Uh, the Lego Simpson sets do that very well because it's like a Mart set. One of them is the Quickie Mart. I mean, I've never seen the Simpsons, but the sets are some of the best designed I've ever seen. Actually, speaking of bricks and minifigs, one second. Um, one of the last times I was there, I got this uh, Lego Harry Potter minifigure from 2002, and his hand mm-hmm. broke off, unfortunately. Oh, that I hate it when that happens. But yeah, so I was planning, I'd have this giant army of characters, and I'd just go in and smash whatever was going to come after me. Well, it didn't work because the game doesn't exist anymore, so. We're actually going to talk about LEGO browser games in a second. I'm kind of focusing on the main console and handheld games for now, but don't worry, I'll get into those later. Um, Anyway, the LEGO Harry Potter games are really fun because you can unlock spells as you go and when you see like something with silver bricks you're like huh i wonder what's that what that's for and then you learn the spell that breaks the silver bricks and then you go through every single place in hogwarts where you saw that and just go after them all at once and then which in turn leads you to unlock um like characters gold bricks and every single lego Video game made by TT Games at least has gold bricks, which there are usually like a specific number in each game. Like it depends on how big the game is. Like it can range from like 200 to 500, depending on the game. And after that, there was um, in years five through seven. That one's a bit more interesting because the hub world's a little bit more interesting because before you only had the Leaky Cauldron and Hogwarts aside from the levels. But outside of the Leaky Cauldron, there was a street. And in the street, you could go into the diner that was seen in the Deathly Hallows. And then you could go um, from the Leaky Cauldron into Diagon Alley. And then you could also go through a tent and into like the camping ground that was in the Deathly Hallows. But then there's also the subway station right outside the Leaky Cauldron. And when you go down it, that the train takes you to Hogwarts instead of like it just automatically transporting you there. Then you go through an outer gate and then you're finally in the castle and they just made it so much more fun and expansive. I really enjoy those. Right after that, there was Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars, which came out in 2011. Thankfully, they didn't retain those really weird looking eye designs that they made when the Lego Clone Wars sets first came out because those just, they don't look right. They don't. I mean, no. and they haven't acknowledged their existence in a long time. Thankfully, they've just made them normal minifigure looking. Actually, one thing I wanted to mention was earlier when we were talking about how the eyes in Lego Rock Band don't look right, it reminded me of this 
film I haven't seen yet, but it came out recently, the Playmobil movie. And what? Yeah, they made. Excuse a, me, did I just hear you correctly? They made a Playmobil movie. So, the only thing I really know about it is that there's um Jim Gaffigan, who's probably my favorite comedian ever, is in it. But what's weird is like the characters don't retain the iconic little Playmobil dot eyes, which I think Lego minifigures have a very similar design to that. And they also have Daniel Radcliffe on it, which is funny speaking on the subject of Harry Potter. Uh, so I really haven't played much of any of the Clone Wars, but I feel like the other Star Wars games are kind of good. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if really, really into the Clone Wars and I haven't seen the show, which, I mean, I, I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of messages on in email saying, oh, go watch the Clone Wars. It's really good. I'll get I'll get to it eventually. But I'm um, we're watching through my family's watching through a lot of things right now, currently working our way through Friends, which is good because now speaking of Lego, they just revealed a new Friends Lego set, which is the apartments and not the Lego Friends. That's the mini doll theme with the Lego characters that look like a cross between dolls and minifigures. I'm, sure I'm talking about the one confusion. The one based off the TV show the, that aired on NBC. It like takes place in New York City and whatnot. They actually released um, the coffee house from the show The Central Perk last year. And I'm so glad Lego released it around the time I was getting into the show too. Because I felt like I was always too late for the themes. Because when Lego... Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean and The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings sets came out. I wasn't really into those themes, and now they're crazy expensive. Well, I mean the old Lego Harry Potter sets, but they've re-released – well, not re-released, but they've made new Lego Harry Potter sets since after a seven-year hiatus. But anyway, moving on, there was, um, the next one, which is also another one of my favorites, is Lego Pirates of the Caribbean – or Caribbean. There's a big debate on how that's pronounced – in 2011 and that game is incredibly fun there are levels where you traverse across pirate ships and whatnot one of my favorite levels is the one where there's a there's this part in at world's end where jack sparrow goes to davy jones's locker and he's short just sort of alone on a beach but he's also with a bunch of manifestations of himself and a bunch of little crab-like creatures. And you sort of have to like find all the little crab creatures to get the shipwrecked pirate ship he's on moving. And then they rescue Jack Sparrow and then he's good. For Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, figured this is one of the first games that involves special promotional minifigures. So it's like a voodoo doll Jack Sparrow figure. So the figure has very, um, very like cloth, doll-like design and the reason for that is because there's this scene in on stranger tides when blackbeard makes a voodoo doll of him and sort of cuts him on the hand and that same thing happens to jack sparrow but in the post credit scene of that that the movie that same doll washes up to angelica the female pirate from the movie who jack sparrow leaves stranded on an island and that never came back around when they made dead men tell no tales six years later so I thought that was interesting. 
After Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, we have Lego Battles Ninjago. So Lego Battles Ninjago is kind of a cross between the regular video games and the Battle series. And it's very different in general. I'm kind of confused as to how it works, but it's kind of like an isometric game that's based off of the pilot episodes of the Lego Ninjago series. And yeah, it was only released on the DS. After that one is Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes, which is the first Lego game I've ever played and I haven't 100%ed it. This game was was mind-blowing and it, it gave me a love for Lego video games ever since. And I think overall it's interesting. I feel what's fun about this is whenever you play as Superman and you fly the theme from the John William, not the theme composed by John Williams for the 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman film starts playing. And it's a nice touch. And they brought it into Lego Batman three, but they also added the 1970s TV show Wonder Woman uh, theme for when Wonder Woman flies, which I thought was also a very nice touch. They also added the promotional figure for that game was Lex Luthor in a special like power suit because in the game he gets this thing called the Deconstructor, which like led villains out of cells and Joker was enticed by it because it was mainly made for destroying special black objects. And as you've noticed, Batman works in black. So he was very interested in this because he could use it to destroy Batman's vehicles. And so Batman has to round up Justice League members and capture the Joker as a giant robot, which we talked about in our favorite video game boss battles. And there's this interesting achievement where I feel like it was one of the first Lego video games to have like a truly expansive hub world. Like I feel like Lego Harry Potter used 5 to 7 was the closest, but you were mainly like traveling from environment to environment. The complete hub was right there. Gotham City is kind of split into three sections, but there isn't like a loading screen between them. There are a bunch of gold bricks throughout the island. I guess I assume it would be kind of hard to keep track of which one is which since you already have gotten quite a bit of them. But I mean, I got the um, Prima game guide a while ago. So that I kind of recommend like looking at a video online or something and doing in that very specific order to make sure that you wouldn't lose track or miss any of them. And, but there's this achievement where if you, there's a zoo in it. And if you play as a female character and ride the gorilla and go up the scaffolding up Wayne tower and go to the very top of it, you get an achievement. That's supposed to be like a reference to King Kong. As soon as you said a woman riding a gorilla, I saw where this was headed. I'm just groaning. Oh, don't worry. It's not like in a weird way. I just thought it was a very interesting achievement because you can ride animals in the game kind of like cars in that game too. And it's it's super fun just ride, driving around the city causing mayhem. I mean, especially in the Lego Marvel's Avengers game because there's this flying car, which I used to like fly up to the very top of the sky and then immediately quit flying but then dismount the car as soon as i could so i could be like standing on the car as it was descending into from the sky 
And but anyway, I feel uh, Lego Batman 2, I think, is also really good, even though I haven't 100 percented it yet. And then there's Lego Lord of the Rings, which came out in 2012. I played through a bit of it, but it wasn't doing that much for me. I mean, it has an interesting mechanic in it where you can like store uh, natural elements and firewood stuff like that inside a uh, like little inventory. I mean, it's got kind of innovative mechanic, but I wasn't that into it. But I feel like every Lego game has a fun mechanic behind it, like Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, this thing where you can use Jack Sparrow's compass, which in film lore has like magical powers or something, which you can use the compass in that game to try to find objects, help you get through the level and whatnot. And right after that, there was the, in Lego Lord of the Rings, the promotional figure was like Elrond, but it was a different Elrond than the one that came in the sets. Yoshimitsu, I know you're a big Middle Earth fan, so I'm kind of surprised you haven't played these. Uh, I mean, I am. However, uh, we've always had strict video game rules in my house, just because mom. Uh, so I haven't gotten to play like very many video uh, Lego video games, just what my friends had at their houses when I went over. Well, um, one of my friends is actually a really big fan of Lego Lord of the Rings, and I went to this uh, birthday party he had. It was a it was a long time ago, but he had this Lord of the Rings themed activity where you'd have to eat a donut on a string, but in the game, the donut was representing the one ring. And I thought that was a fun party idea. All right, the next one is Lego Marvel Super Heroes, which is another one of my favorites. The promotional figure for that one was Iron Patriot. Oh, side note, I forgot to mention that Lego Batman 2 was the very first Lego video game in which they had a full voice cast because before they, they were only like noises when Eddie went jumped and one of the most hilarious things is in Lego Parts of the Caribbean when Jack Sparrow screams. I swear it's the most hilarious thing. If I find a video of it, I'll put it on our Discord channel stuff we mentioned on the podcast. And then there was Lego City Undercover, which released in 2013 exclusively for the Wii U. Eventually came to Switch and other platforms later, and there was a 3DS version called Lego City Undercover The Chase Begins, which I haven't played either of them, but my cousin got the Switch version for his birthday, so I'm going to try that. And then there was a Lego Friends game based off the mini dolls that i mentioned earlier which is more of a life sim game than an action adventure game which makes sense considering the subject matter of the theme actually kind of don't really like the idea of lego friends because i feel like it kind of enforces female stereotypes and there was actually this lego magazine that said something about like um like um a they were trying to infiltrate a science lab and they're like a science lab that sounds boring let's go back to cooking or something like that and i'm like that is incredibly sexist why would they put that there yeah and after lego friends there was the lego movie video game which i've played and it really it was really good they tried to make as much of the environment lego bricks as possible whereas before it was mainly just the objects that could be interacted with in the minifigures that were made of actual Lego pieces. I mean, there is this bonus level where you can fly around a kid's room, which is supposed to represent Finn, the kid from the movie, which is really fun. And after that, there's Lego The Hobbit, which I also played and didn't really like that much, but there was a... The promotional figure for that one was like Bilbo Baggins in his pajamas. I forgot to mention the promotional figure for the Lego movie video game was Emmett wearing Go a figure. Cow a cowboy outfit 
because there's this hilarious scene in the film where um they're putting on disguises and wild styles like um just act natural and then he walks in the saloon everybody stares at him and goes howdy i'm a cowboy shoot it, shoot shoot bang 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 zap 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 pow, zap pow. and then they bring him out <laughs> then he goes back in and embarrasses himself two yeah, more so, times yeah wild style says um Okay, pretend you're a stool and stools can't talk. And then he goes in and he says, Howdy, guys, come sit on me. And I thought yes. that was just perfect. Um, in Then there was another Ninjago game called Lego Ninjago Ninjroids, which released on the 3DS and PlayStation Vita in 2014, which I never played. Then there was Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, which is probably my favorite out of the three Lego Batmans because of how fun the worlds are and there's actually this classic 1960s batman level and then they made a set based off of this 1960s batman a couple of years later and i think they actually made the 60 remade the 60s batmobile again recently and the promotional figure for that one was plastic man and then there was lego jurassic world which is another really fun game especially since there's a feature where you can just create your own dinosaur the promotional figure that one was a character from the films named Henry Wu, but he comes with a mosquito trapped in amber from the original Jurassic Park. And then there was Lego World, which is more like Minecraft than an actual Lego video game. I played through it, but I felt like there wasn't a specific project in mind that I had for when it came to building, so I kind of lost interest quickly. And... Then there was Ninjago Shadow of Ronin, which was a, another game released only for the 3DS and PlayStation Vita. It was Ronin was originally introduced just for that uh, game, but then they brought him into the actual Ninjago show as like a friend. And they even make allusions to like, um, oh, he was an enemy in the game, which I thought was fun. And then there's Lego Dimensions, which is so cool, but it is the buggiest thing ever. Like, if you try to put a, put a bunch of figures on, on the... So, it was kind of created around the time the Toys to Life craze came about with stuff like Amiibo and Skylanders, Disney Infinity. Yeah. Other, those are other notable examples. But what happens is it comes with this special um, game board. I actually put a picture of my... Uh, actually, if you want, I'll post a picture of my LEGO Dimensions collection on discord if you want i mean i have i don't have the figures built because you can just use the character like tags which have little computer chips in them and then there's like a little board which you plug into your system via a usb cable and you put your character on it the tag specifically and then it registers in game i try to keep the vehicle and weapon or whatever models built because i w wouldn't be able to tell them apart otherwise because you can kind of sort of map builds to specific toy tags instead of them having the data automatically built in like with the characters and the character tags have specific printing on them and because this is a video game podcast they actually brought in i thought i mentioned a couple of video game themes they brought into that game there was sonic the hedgehog which is getting another set soon and uh -huh. portal which i, I think portal is actually a spin-off of the half-life games I I think the the portal level in that game is actually really fun, but Sonic the Hedgehog is like the most expensive character pack that I can find, and I'm not really looking to expand my collection any. And I kind of basically accept that I won't 100% the game unless I spend hundreds, probably even over a thousand of dollars. 
even over a thousand dollars just trying to collect everything. And then there was Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens released in 2016, which is kind of pointless in the realm of Lego games because it was only released based off of the the one film, The Force Awakens. I mean, the first level is like the last bit of what happened in Return of the Jedi, but they never made a Last Jedi video game or a Rise of Skywalker video game. Instead, this Lego like, eh, you know what? Let's just forget that existed and then we'll redo the complete saga with those three films put in. And I think Force Awakens was actually a really good game, all things considered. <laughs> Lucky them they were able to forget that Last Jedi and um, Rise of Skywalker existed. Yeah. I, th- I feel like Rise of Skywalker could have been better and last jedi is my favorite of the sequel trilogy but i feel like it was kind of interesting but i don't know i feel like they kind of had to put palpatine in or something but i mean we already know palpatine was coming it would have been nice if they saved him for a surprise like they did with and spoilers for avengers infinity war by the way so press pause if you haven't seen it spoilers for when they put red skull in infinity war that was the most amazing thing ever that was like the biggest gasp i've ever that the other uh, movies gotten out of me anyway speaking of marvel there was lego marvel's avengers and the special figure for that one was one of the iron man armors called the silver centurion which looks fantastic but what's interesting is it mainly like as the plot of the first two avengers films and then they have individual levels based off of uh it was ant-man was dlc i believe but they had um iron man 3 thor the dark world and captain america the winter soldier they did not put in guardians of the galaxy which makes sense it didn't tie that into the regular avengers films until they popped up in infinity war but um, actually, Yoshimitsu has just informed me that he is going to have to leave for today. So I apologize for this shorter than usual episode of Geeks and Games. But before I leave, there is an important announcement I would like to make. So when Nintendo does the direct for the E3 in June, I am going to record my reactions to that E3 and then make it as like a bonus episode. I'll link the actual direct in the um street in the description since it's going to it's not going to be a live stream or anything. I'll just record myself and put the reaction in an episode. And then if you would rather watch the direct and hear my opinions later, then I'll put the direct itself in the description for you to watch. But anyway, that about wraps it up for this episode of Geeks and Games. Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? People can find me most places where they can find our good friend and uh, semi-existent host, uh, Plague Vamp, as uh, Spectre Vamp. Other than that, I can be found on LEGO Ideas as Spectre Vamp, with a capital S and capital V. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Scratch as Woodstock 05 and LEGO Ideas as Woodstock 05. And if you want to keep up with us, you can find us at the Geeks and Games Discord server, which will link in the description it's really coming along i'm really enjoying what i've been doing there 
And then for Plague Vamp, you can follow him as Plague Vamp on YouTube and Twitch, which I'll also link in the description. But anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.